Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Four games, four walk-offs from the NFL weekend. Outkick 360 continues from Nashville. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The entire crew here alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. Jonathan Hutton with you. So you had the Evan McPherson 52-yard field goal for the win. Gave the Bengals the win over the Titans 19-16 to kick the weekend off. Robbie Gold hits a 45-yard field goal as the six-seed 49ers go on the road to Lambeau and win. Matt Gay hits a 30-yard field goal as the Rams knock off the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then last night, to cap it all off, the walk-off touchdown, Mahomes to Kelsey. Oh, by the way, great throw and catch. (laughs) That's also been overlooked, is Kelsey's ability to get in bounds uh, to to have the walk off touchdown reception in overtime, it's Chiefs funny. over the Bills. I I could could have sworn live that he juggled it, so I was I was waiting, and then the replay, he didn't juggle it at all. Yeah, it was well, really it was, weird. It was odd because I didn't think he juggled it live watching it, but the one replay angle, and maybe you saw this too, Paul. It looked like he was juggling it as he went to the ground. Yeah. So they kept focusing on the feet and said he clearly gets two feet, feet in. Fine. That was right away you saw that. But I kept thinking, oh, they're going to show that angle where that ball is coming out as it goes to the ground. No, it was clearly caught, tucked away, touchdown. Then you know no what I also thought? It. I also thought uh, for the for the 10 seconds I thought he juggled it and it was going to be overruled. I'm like, well, they're just going to score a touchdown on the next play. <laughs> like, yeah. what does it matter? Yeah. Oh, they'll throw the hill on the other side next play. May I get personal for a moment? Please do. Sure. Uh, Hutton, you had teased this and mentioned it uh, about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers possibly calling it quits. Personally, I really fear the day that either one of these things happen uh, because it starts to speak to my own mortality. And I say it for this reason. I like being of an age where I can look at some people my age or older doing things in the NFL. Very few people. I'm 39. Rodgers is 38. Brady's 44. This is truly the end of an era for the NFL when these guys both call it quits. And also, it's an end of an era for me. (laughs) I've been there. Because I can also look at Ben Roethlisberger, who's my age, or maybe even a little bit older, and I think, man, I may be doing better physically than Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) He looks older than me. He looks like he's moving slower than I am at times. And I really take heart in the fact that hey, someone my age is able to play a National Football League game and go out there and, and play. Not at a high level for Big Ben, but at a very high level for Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady. And all, when the, both those guys have, retire, then it then finally, guys, it's like I'm watching a bunch of kids. Yeah. You're always going to have Whitworth, though, at left tackle yeah, for, the, maybe. for the Rams. How maybe. old are you, Chad? I'm 39. Chad, uh, if I may, you've put me on the couch several times with surprising success yeah. on this show and our previous incarnation. Um and I appreciate that. If I may, can we flip roles? It'll be very brief. Please, help I, me. I, I turn, uh, I believe, 53 
next week. This end of this week. And uh, so I've been where you are. And I just want to offer you some friend, friendly uh, advice about what's coming. It really sucks. <laughs> Not getting any better is what really you say? It really sucks. You know what else is coming with this as you get to this age? Readers. Yeah. Also sucks. Glasses. Then you put these down somewhere and you can't find them. And you can't bleep and see anything. Well, your, type on your, your type on your phone is going to be this big. Well, so this, uh, this is actually great advice while I'm on the couch here, Paul, and I appreciate it. This whole Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers possibly retiring thing for me also comes at a moment where in less than a month, I turn 40. And everyone keeps pointing to 40 as, well, you know, when you turn 40, you need to go get readers. Yep. Or when you turn 40, suddenly uh, your back starts hurting a little bit more. It's just this magical age where apparently I'm going to start the process of dying in yep. less than a month. It's pretty much so true. And a part of me 50. on the inside dies if, if Brady retires or Rogers retires, and then actually I'll start dying. Wait, wait till you get to 50 to take a cancer spot off your face and answer questions oh, gosh, every day gosh, about why yeah, there's a big not, not bandage ready, on your face. Not ready for that. Yeah. Not ready for that. I, actually, after the Super Bowl trip, I've got to shampoo my head with cancer stuff. So this concludes uh, the serious talk for today and the personal talk. But how about that? Of all the headlines this weekend, Tom Brady just casually, I'm going to take it day by day, Maybe had played his just his final game against the Rams is buried on the list of what to discuss. I will bet a hundo right now that both these guys are with their current teams on opening day next year. I'll I'll take that bet with you. Both both are with their current teams because Rodgers. I'm shaking her head right now because Rodgers isn't going to be a part of a rebuild, and they're going to have to make some cuts, including potentially not bringing back Adams uh, based They'll on the price tag. Um, figure it out and bring him back. He's got all the leverage. On top of that, Brady is also looking at it, I think, from the Aaron Rodgers lens of all these free agents and Tampa doesn't have a ton of money to work with. And we saw what happened down the stretch with the, the wide receivers and everything going on there. I think it, that has a, in large part to do with what's around them. I think the Bucs will make a, are in a better position to make some moves than Green Bay who loaded up, and as of right now, even with the cap going up, what is it, 18%? Something like 20%, that. 20% uh, from what we saw this past year. They are... They're going to pay the piper. Brady's they're, won plenty They're, with they're projected to be $44.8 million over the salary cap. Yeah, but Paul, he's won plenty with the guys he wants. Have you looked at the free agent list? Well, it's the I, guys he brought in with him. Yeah. Gronk's a free agent, and there's a couple of other dudes. But, I mean, they can easily re-sign Grant for another year to have another go. Yeah, but it is – everything that I read, and even Al Michaels was talking about this, they are going to be worse Yeah, from a roster standpoint next year. So does Tom Brady want to come back and play knowing they won the – even from the Super Bowl champion team two years before, they're going to be older and worse. Why was nobody talking about this when he said he wanted to play until he was 46? Why wasn't this coming up? It's coming up now – because he wants to pressure them into being sure to re-sign all these people. Or, it's like your coaches wanting extensions when they start talking sure, about but, other things. But I, I'm, I'm taking the bet more on Rodgers. Rodgers is saying he's going to have his mind made up before free agency even starts. So he's telling you right there he's not going to be a part of a rebuild. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I think good teams often have to make hard decisions and do a lot of shuffling. But most of them manage to stay good teams and keep their very best players. And I think Green Bay will find a way to, 
to do if that. This is they why might not be as good, but they'll still be good, and they'll be better than most of the teams that are going to be able to invest and go after Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be better than the situation in Carolina. It'll be as good or better than the situation in Denver. Paul, here is why I think you're going to be paying Hutton 100 bucks. I think you're right on Brady. I think he will come back for another year when all's said and done, after he has his soul-searching or whatever goes on uh, with his TB12 method. We don't want to interrupt the method. Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing, but for a different team. I don't think he's retiring. I think both will be back next year. I, I, if I had to bet right now, I think Brady's back in Tampa. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing for someone else, See, not I the think, Green Bay Packers. I think what Aaron Rodgers didn't like during all the hullabaloo was that he didn't have enough of control or say, and I think he's gotten himself more of that now. It's not like he's in the – He doesn't control their cap. No, but it's not like he's in um, uh, in the Belichick thing where Brady was, where he ne- really needed to get out and be able to, to stretch his arms. And the grass isn't always greener. I, I think he's going to realize that. But I mean, what? The <laughs> here's the thing with Rodgers, though. Like, you could say that about Brady, who won right. how many Super Bowls in, in New England? Right. Six. I mean, what's the downside for Rodgers trying it somewhere else? Not winning another Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. He won one 12 years ago. That's the only one he's won in his career. I mean, they repeat again, they are now, I teased this last week, they are the Atlanta Braves of the 90s. They had all these great teams. They had great players that cycled through. They had different eras of really good teams. All of them winning the, the, the division pretty consistently. Going to the playoffs consistently. One, world, uh, one, one Super Bowl title. That's it. Braves won World Series title in 95. So what is the downside of him going and trying it somewhere else? I, I think his the comments, right kind of team, like if Pittsburgh won, it'd be one thing. Pittsburgh's not going to make that move. His you know, the comments, best team though, that's going to want him is Denver. His comments sound a lot different than the comments that Phillip Rivers made recently um, whenever his, his time with the Chargers was done, uh, that Eli Manning would say uh, after the, the final couple of seasons going into off seasons with the Giants that we heard from Drew Brees with uh, the Saints, his comments are different. You know, there's a tone with Rodgers that's just different than some of these all-time greats. Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he's. I think he's very uncertain about what he's going to do, and I think he's leaning towards leaving All fair. based on the comments. All fair, though I would generally say don't judge a guy by what he says in the first two or three days after a very crushing loss. That, I, he did this not, guy has been saying it for a year. Here's what's here's where I disagree with you, Paul. He didn't seem as crushed about the loss. It felt like a goodbye press conference. It did. I, I didn't. I mean, he's definitely upset and wanted to win the game, but it didn't feel like an emotional. It felt very rational and a not cold, but a kind calm. of a warm, calm. calm. I'm not going to go through a rebuild. Goodbye uh, to the Packers and the Packers fans in a disappointing ending to this season, the way things ended for him. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere else. Where? Who knows? He'll have options. I mean, if you look at what they're going to have to do with their roster, just for the money that they're going to have to be within the guidelines of, they have the second uh, biggest issue or biggest challenge, second only to the New Orleans Saints. Um, when it comes to this cap. So the Green Bay's roster is going to change a ton. If he leaves, the Minnesota Vikings head coaching Ooh. job is a lot more attractive. Well, it's already really attractive. Yeah, I though. think because the ownership, too. It's it's a very stable franchise. Uh, someone yeah. in the – Tony 
in our YouTube chat watching the show says Aaron Rodgers to the Colts? Question mark. I think Colts are going to give up a whole bunch of first rounders, and they're, they're lacking one already because it went. There are a ton of options, though. I think the him. days of just unilaterally saying this team's not going to give up first round picks is over. I don't. I think we've entered a I new era. I think we'll get closer there if the Rams go ahead and win a couple more. I think the Rams, I mean, the Colts would be crazy Colts. not to give up a couple first-round picks because what does Rodgers make the Colts? At least a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying it makes them the best team in the AFC, not with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen playing quarterback for their respective rosters, but i tell you what it does make them. Best team in the AFC South. Yeah. The favorite, the favorite to win play, the division. Certainly come playoff And time. host a playoff game. And you got the what's about to be the back-to-back MVP of the league quarterbacking your team. That's what it does for him. I think we're, we're all three of us are sitting here saying we're not buying it with Brady. And it, it, to me, it just doesn't feel like the right way to go out. Where'd it come from? Maybe he's coming off one of his best seasons ever in some categories. It comes from Seth Wickersham and... We brought it up last week. I mean, yeah. there's been talk from uh, guys who know him are saying that he's not saying people it. that know him are saying it because of all these different ventures that he's a part of now, um, and they're tying it in with you know they he, they've got the what's the what's the show that's on weekly with him. Um, let's go with uh, the the, the no, Tom the, Brady. The ESP is it the oh, ESPN the, Plus show in the arena? In oh, the arena. man in man the arena. arena, the man yeah. in the arena that's chronicling his entire career. Super Bowl by and Super Bowl. People are trying to tie it in by saying it's going to chronicle this year and end with whatever he decides to do. His announcement. That's the, uh, that that's, would really throw the show off because the show is keyed to a Super Bowl every one. So for the eleventh episode to be keyed to a divisional round loss would be a real comeback. Well, it wouldn't be keyed <laughs> on a divisional round loss. It would be keyed on his thoughts looking back on his career. That is now complete. That's the tie-in. Well, it's. I look at it more like, boy, it's really interesting timing that we're chronicling Tom Brady's career in sort of a last dance, Michael Jordan, 98 Bulls style. Yeah, why not? And then now at the end of this season, suddenly there's whispers about him retiring. He's talked 46, 46, 46. He's 44. All of a sudden, there's chopping those two years off that have been so important to him that he's talked about so consistently. I just did you guys see Giselle when it. she realized she was on TV? Yeah, she, during the broadcast. What did she do? She the, took the off. The kids went crazy. She kind of <laughs> waved and then took off. I think like she, she acknowledged know, once it. she saw what was happening. They were all pointing from behind in the suite oh. to look up at the, the. Obviously, they were showing the the, the broadcast kids were nuts. on the jumbotron, and she looked up and saw it, and then just took off to the back. I thought and, to uh, myself, all, I don't know, it was. Their kids, yeah. with a bunch of kids. I thought to myself, also. those kids have not been trained well enough by Tom how to get out of the spotlight when uh, when given They're an way too happy based on the scoreboard. Yeah, she also didn't that. seem as happy. She didn't seem as well, happy. They, well, so I thought she handled it gracefully, as you would expect. He's playing from a mom. too well, like that. That's why I'm I'm, I'm going to be very upset if he if he st- steps away now because he's playing so well. At, at his age. Like, I want to see it keep going. I, I, agree I don't want to see it drop off a cliff. I agree with that. He's no, not I close do, to it. I do think we'll see it drop off a cliff at He's, some point. Well, at some point, of course. I mean, I can say that about literally every player that's ever played the game. This guy's not close to it. No. I want him back. He's not close to it. We could see Ben Roethlisberger's play dip, and it was it, it was coming. With it, with Brady, I mean, he's coming off like his second best, third best statistical season of his career. Well, and it's also, it coincides with the NFL changed when Peyton Manning left. I mean, that was a legendary guy who was around for long enough where 
you knew who and where Peyton Manning was playing every week. Now you got two guys like that all at once that you're getting those whispers about with Brady, certainly Brady and also Aaron Rodgers that that's a, it's a long time for people that watch football that those have been named synonymous cool. with the top games of every week and guys you're constantly talking and speculating about. So when either one of them and both leave, it's a new era. That's not to say that the NFL is not in great shape with what we saw last night with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes being the next generation of guys who should be playing for the next 12, 13 years. Well, I know it's but not. But still, it's, it's going to be a different league. It's not as strictly AFC-NFC contract, but it still is. How about the value of the AFC contract versus the NFC contract as those two guys disappear? Once Rodgers and Brady are out and everybody's Mahomes and Allen, it's not just them. Burrow I'd put in the next conversation, right? He's San there. Diego, you're putting in the next conversation. AFC value is going up in terms of marquee. Who are the young marquee NFC? I'm not thinking off the well, top of my head. And not only that, I mean, that the whole Manning-Brady every single year playing in the playoff rivalry, AFC rivalry, and the moment Manning retired, oh, this kid named Patrick Mahomes goes to an AFC championship game almost immediately, plays Tom Brady and the Patriots in one of those games in the playoffs in Kansas City, and then that gives way to Brady leaving the conference, and now we are where we are now with Allen uh, versus Patrick Mahomes. It's we, crazy. You we, had Eli, you know, and a couple championships for New York. The, the NFC thing is that it's the big, bigger markets. You know, it's the glamorous markets. But Chicago, Eli didn't have the battle. Chicago, he didn't have the York, rival quarterback. You know, Prescott needs to step it up. Uh, the, the, you know, but it does. He doesn't because it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for Dallas. We've proven that with the ratings. Imagine if they had one. If one of these guys had drawn the Dallas. If Dallas had landed one of these quarterbacks, the, the TVs would explode. Well, what happened in over two weeks tells you all you need to know about the difference between Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes moved the ball 45 yards in, in less than 13 seconds to get his team a game-tying <laughs> field goal. Prescott. Dak Prescott didn't know to hand the ball to the official after running a draw and took 14 seconds completely off the clock not Great allowing comparison. his team to have one more play and a chance to win it. Great comparison. Coming up, we discussed Mahomes and Allen and the future at quarterback uh, for this AFC rivalry. And what are you thinking if you're the rest of the AFC? Both quarterbacks deliver on a massive stage and a classic performance. Mahomes and Allen discussion next on Outkick 360. What's the rest of the AFC thinking as they watch Mahomes and Allen go back and forth last night in the divisional round for the AFC. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. And, and in losing losing the second game, or the, the, in the second round, Josh Allen, as the losing quarterback, this postseason, nine touchdowns, zero turnovers. He passed for 771 yards and a total of 14 incompletions in two games. I've got two teams that I don't think are shaking in their boots. Cincinnati Bengals, who I know are big dogs this weekend, and like we said, are ahead of, of schedule. And if they lose, that'll be fine. And I know the other but one you're going to say. they're sick of being underdogs. And the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Because Justin Herbert is a quality quarterback. And both of those teams are thinking. You're, you guys are all talking Mahomes versus Allen, Mahomes versus Allen. This ain't going to just be a two-way quarterback thing. This is going to be a three-way quarterback thing with our guy in the mix, too. Give us a little bit of time and we'll be right there. And in Herbert's case, 
he's going to go yearly twice against Mahomes. Well, that's the thing. They the, the Chargers have to go through him twice every year. Meanwhile, since he doesn't have to necessarily face either one. But the thing is that sets it up, and you know this, since he just finished in first place, right? Right. And so they're gonna they are gonna see each other not twice yearly, but yearly, right? If you do your job and finish in first place, which we would expect of these teams to do fairly mm-hmm. regularly yep. given their talent, you will play annually the way Manning and Brady played pretty much annually because they finished in first place. And you play the first place teams in the other divisions if you're not playing that division by schedule so we're going to see a lot of these guys against each other and while Mahomes Allen looks like the one right now and for good reason there's plenty of room for these other ones too AFC right now and the young quarterback market stacked I'm leaving out Trevor Lawrence because he sucked in his first year but if he pans out to be what he's supposed to do under his next quarterback there's five right there and we, we've seen Burrow take a, a huge step forward. I, I think what, what stands out about last night is there are teams that had success against both Buffalo and Kansas City in the regular season. One of them right here. But there is, in Cincinnati. But there is, a, a, there is another level that your guy has to be able to meet when it's crunch time. You've got to be able to go in and play at such a high level to match what Mahomes is doing. And I'm not certain that there's another quarterback in the league that can do it the way Josh Allen can match him serve yeah, for Yeah, well, serve. I agree with that. Because and th- that's what it takes, though, to win in the biggest moments. The Titans two years ago beat the Chiefs in the regular season, and when they went into Arrowhead for the AFC title game, while they thought they had a game plan that was going to play keep away, in the end, it didn't matter how much time was on the clock. Mahomes was taking the lead by halftime, even though they trailed by double digits in the first quarter. The thing is, they're so similar and so different. Similar with the different arm angles and able to make all those throws and have a cannon. And similar in their escapability, so so different. Well, they don't play scared. Allen's ability to run and Mahomes' ability to escape. I mean, how many times, David, you were as invested in rooting for the Bills as I was Chad, I presume you were. I know you were. Yeah, I was in on the bill. Where, where they had, you know, a pretty good chance to grip a leg. Not like a glancing chance. Like right, a right, real right. chance. And I'm saying, get him! And he just stepping out of it. And he's so slippery that way. And Allen, in a different way, is so physical that way to get away from that stuff. To me, that's the thing, that escapability that makes it hard. So we saw the Titans sack Burrow nine times. Well, Burrow's pretty escapable, too. His offensive line was just hor- horrific. Blake Bettingfield, who writes for my site, the, the 19-year NFL scout, said they would have been better off playing with four men than their right guard, who was a non-entity in that game. And we've talked about they need to just uh, they need to draft a couple offensive linemen and build from there. But, but they, these they two know guys, what their ability correct. to get away yeah. is unbelievable. Well, and and to your first question, Hud, what are you thinking if you're an AFC fan of a team not named Bills or Chiefs watching that game? You're thinking, uh, we need to get one of those watching those two quarterback play. That's step number one. And the two teams you brought up, Paul, Chargers and Bengals, in terms of not being afraid, that's fine. I would agree with that. you got to love where you are with your quarterback for those two teams. I'll also say, if we're comparing it to the previous era, uh, one of those quarterbacks will be Drew Brees and win a title and have a great career. Another is going to have a great career, and we're all going to be talking about Hall of Fame statistics, but they're going to be Phillip Rivers. Lacking championships. Also, Th- that's, uh, that's how I see this thing 
playing I, out. I, I get what you're saying. You're going to have a Manning, a Brady, but you're also going to have a Breeze and a River, someone that's always going to be kind of the second, Brides third me. place finisher. Also, this i got to get one of those. Everybody thinking that. None of those in this draft. I mean, maybe somebody surprises you and steps up, but in terms well, of the, you know, guys come in as can't, that's such can't a, miss that's guys. That's such a cop-out. Like that's Andrew such a cop-out. I mean, there's no was, Andrew Luck in this draft. Well, who was talking about Patrick Mahomes in the draft whenever Andy Reid took him and they had their starter? No one. Fair. No one. These coaches and these GMs need to step up and do their job and select the guy and go with their gut and go with their scouting department. That's the issue. I mean, we're already judging the quarterback class as we sit here on January 24th for the teams that need to upgrade. Well, let me and rephrase. And these teams will end up sticking with a very average vet instead of going young and taking a gamble and developing. Everyone says, draft oh. the next guy. How about develop the next guy? Well, that, I, that's completely fair. But as of January 24th, a lot of people who I trust who know a lot more than me don't see great guys to develop in this draft. But I, I don't... I, I just... I, I don't buy that. I, I understand there's not the no-brainer number one pick. Everyone knows there's not a Trevor Lawrence. There's not an Andrew Luck. All of that. Um, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yes, falling in the draft. Uh, you, you, uh, Josh Allen. I wasn't. I mean, when Josh Allen was drafted, I'm thinking the Bills just made another mistake. They did an unbelievable job. Developing. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the guy Lamar was an Jackson. under 50 percent passer in college, and they saw the raw physical skills and intangibles to be a great NFL quarterback. I don't think, and that's what he's become. I don't think there'll be many Josh. I mean, to me, Josh Allen is such an aberration because guys do not generally get better accuracy they just don't i mean he's he's a rare bird in that department because almost everybody you talk to in the nfl or in college even in college will tell you if i'm bringing in a high school kid who's inaccurate i can only do so much with him you are pretty much what you are in terms of accuracy once you reach a certain point and josh allen is a patron saint of guys getting more accurate uh, but there aren't many that here's what i'm thinking last night if I'm the AFC team that's, that's an opponent of one of these teams, or both teams, and, and I'm thinking postseason here, I, I I feel okay facing one of them. I get You're not both. getting through both of them you to get them. to the Super Bowl. You need you've those. Get, if you've got to get through both teams to get to the Super Bowl, you're going to be sitting at home watching. Yeah, you have to have a draw where one of they knock, they play each other on right. the opposite side of you, and that's you can't control that. That's luck. Right, I mean that's just you can't control the draw. You can control your seed, but you can't control everybody else's seed. So you just have to get the right draw. And you're right. There's going to be a Super Bowl champion that gets a favorable AFC draw where Bills and Col- uh, Bills and and Chiefs play each other on the other side of you. Well, but look, you're right. To beat them both is you're not going through. You're, both you're going to have to have an all-time great defense. And even even if you had. The great Ravens defense or the great Bears defense, the odds of beating both yeah, of them. It's not, are it's very not even having a great defense. You have to have, going back to what Chad said in the first segment, you've got to have the dude that has the same type of mentality and moxie that both of these guys possess. And it's, it, very, it's very rare. Uh, no matter what the time yes. is or, or the situation, they're coming through. Well, let me give you just one question on why I think you can never fully give up on any quarterback class in any year if you are a good enough coach and find the right guy. If I told you that in five years, Kenny Pickett could look a lot like Joe Burrow, is that the craziest thing that you would ever think about in the NFL? 
or professional football? Well, here's the problem. From a play style standpoint, here's the problem. college career, where he did it as a, I mean, look, Joe Burrow was an all-time great. You don't have five one years. That's the question. How, what's he look like no, in no, two no, years? No, 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 no. I'm not saying what's he's he gonna, look like in two years. I'm not saying he's going to take five years to be that. I'm saying in. Five, I'm just giving it a little right. bit of time because Burrow has had a little bit of time. I'm saying in five years, at 27 years old, are Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett possibly the same quarterback? Okay, or uh, equally I, as star-studded. For their teams, I'm not saying it's inconceivable, but but to this point of development time, he needs to be pretty good in his second year to have the chance to be that in that five year window the same as Joe Burrow. I really like that's Kenny that's to your thing, Hutton, about development. There's only so much time for development, right? Because the regime is going to change if you don't have enough development after a year and a half. Yeah, but I mean, because you're fired. But we've. We've seen the best do it. I mean, Josh Allen's development from year one to year two is the same trajectory that we've seen from Burrow. I mean, Burrow last year in his rookie season tore his ACL and uh, turned things around this year and came back. And I mean, still taking a beating, but his level of play has increased. Sure. But based but, on what they've paired him but with. But his starting point was far enough ahead that you, you, there was no question. If you have a question about a guy who needs to develop, if you don't get enough in a year and a half, you're screwed. Yeah, and and with Allen, the key, like the key with Mahomes is Kansas City, they were a good regular season team. With with uh, with Alex, Alex Smith. with Alex Smith, they're a good re- regular season team, and so they Andy Reid had the benefit of drafting Mahomes, knowing that was his future, but he still was given a year, year to develop the guy, and then he was ready to go and go all in. And on. that's very very rare, and that's a perfect plan. And that's what these, that's what, I mean, I think a lot of times teams that think they're contenders are tricking themselves or talking themselves into a better situation than what they actually view. And you also get stuck. Titans, you know, who I think probably win 10 or 11 games next year and probably win the division again next year and end up in exactly the same spot, whether it's a wild card game or divisional round at home, but they're drafting 26 and they traded away their second round pick. Where can they afford in this draft to take the quarterback? Tannehill's pinned in and money. They probably take a quarterback in 23. He's cuttable in 23 for a dead money that they can handle. 18, the cap will go up. It'll be a tough pill to swallow. Or you have a, a rookie who's low cost and you pay Tannehill and you see how that sorts out in 23. But like you're saying, they are pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. But are they they're playoff, playoff good? No, are they playoff good? They're a playoff team. But are they playoff good? Probably they could win a game against the right team. Maybe two. Are they Super Bowl good? No. That sure as hell doesn't seem like it. No. But are they good enough to get up in the draft? No, you're going to have to give up two first rounders to go up and get a guy and set yourself back. And then do they have the depth? Well, they've made some bad picks that kind of don't give them good depth and it's this kind of vicious cycle, and there are teams that get stuck right there. But the Titans are good are the enough only team. to not be bad enough to not be good enough. But think about like so. Let's look at it from Pittsburgh's stance. Pittsburgh decided to run it back a year with Roethlisberger after winning twelve games last year, and they got in the playoffs. They got in the playoffs and as had a, no a, an expanded seed. They, they get in and they're done. I mean, they're done. They draw Kansas City. They're done. I get, so, so you can Mason run it Rudolph? back and say, hey, we're going to win the division and get in the postseason. They're not built to face these top-tier teams. No. And even the, even the top teams of other divisions, I think, can trick themselves into thinking they can compete based on what they do in the regular season. 
There's just a different level that these elite quarterbacks take their game to in January. And also, you know, and is the good a, quarterbacks is, can't do it. Is a playoff berth enough, you know, for a team like Pittsburgh on the way down? You know, maybe in some way, shape, or form it is. Is it enough for a team on the way up? I mean, Cincinnati, had they lost this weekend, that would have been enough. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but it's all about the state of your organization. For the Titans, is what they did enough? Absolutely not. Right. Two, two home losses two years in a row? Every, Last it, year's a waste, well, and this the year's tit- pointless. The, the Titans now are not to this extreme, but they're in a very Pittsburgh-esque from this year situation where you're kind of hoping against hope in what's flying in the face of logic the last two playoff games that you've seen to think that Ryan Tannehill's ever going to elevate. Play perfect. He's going to not have to turn it over. The defense is going to have to carry and, them, and Henry's going to have to run like crazy. If it doesn't go that way, they're not going to win. So there are two situations where uh, – two situations and, and, and different scenarios here. So Pittsburgh and Tennessee, let's use them as the example. Two losers in the playoffs already. Quarterback situation we know will be addressed in Pittsburgh. And the quarterback situation here in Nashville with the Titans it is stirred up based on Ryan Tannehill being playoff version Ryan Tannehill, which has been awful. As much as they want to defend him, it's been awful, especially the last two games, both home games at Nissan Stadium. And this past weekend where he lost the game. He and Todd Downing combined lost the game. Um and then compare that to Roethlisberger, who they ran it back with, and rightfully so. He's a, he's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. They won 12 games, and they they have a great defense. They thought they were going to be much improved in their run run game. They didn't improve the offensive line. But nonetheless, they know they're addressing the quarterback. The other teams in the postseason, New England, they, they believe they've got their guy at quarterback. The question is, can they build around him moving forward? They're building up instead of, looking in the mirror and thinking, we've got what we need. I think New England would tell you, we don't have it yet. We're getting back to that point after losing the GOAT. And then there's Cincinnati, who win or lose this weekend, they know exactly what they've got, and they know what they they must improve, which is the offensive line. That's a good spot to be in. Cincinnati's in a great spot. They're young. they got a great quarterback who's on a rookie contract, and their needs are pretty obvious. Offensive line. I'd like to be them. And then then receiving options for – for Mac Jones in New England. Like, you can pinpoint positions for those guys, and you're not asking the quarterback question. Look, while we're on the Tannehill, let's just talk about his yeah. money for a bit. He's got a $38.6 million cap hit in 2022, part of which is a result of the Julio Jones trade, which we have not talked about. As I was condemning the Julio Jones trade, the returns on it, I talked about the, the salary, over $15 million, and the uh, uh, trade capital that they gave away, a second-round pick. Also, there was a restructuring of Ryan Tannehill's contract, which made these numbers worse. We didn't factor that in. Yeah, but we, we were, at the time, we were saying, do whatever you need to do right. to restructure no, Tannehill's absolutely. contract. It's available. It's a simple yes. restructure and get your guy. But this is the hindsight look. Oh, I know. Now. Yeah. So it, it ballooned his number. $38.6 million number in 2022. Cutting him, which it cannot happen, would be a $57.4 million dead hit. That's like half the cap. This is all per sport. So they're not cutting it. Spot track, right? They can get out in 2023 for $18.8 million in dead money. Now, there is a scenario where they could trade them, take less of a hit this year, but who's trading for Ryan Tannehill? Everybody thinks because, everybody thinks because Detroit managed, uh, because the Rams managed to trade Jared Goff 
that the Titans can find a way to trade Ryan Tannehill. That is not the same deal. I mean, John Robinson's pretty good in trades. I don't know a way where somebody's going to have to pick up a good share of 38.6. They're taking on Ryan Tannehill, having seen his playoff level. What failure. was Jared Goff's number when he was traded away? Have, I'll have to look back. I, I need to look that I part mean, up. Yeah, but they were also, it you know, they were getting Goff's number, getting rid of, deal. but they were getting rid of Stafford's number at the same time. So there was tit for tat. Well, that's going to be the case also with Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, whoever gets traded. They're right. getting rid of their big number also. But don't you think, it, let's, without going into I, I depth I don't know why you it. can just uh, unilaterally say, don't think that what just happened could happen. <laughs> but it don't, can happen. Don't you think Russell Wilson right? I mean, is going to get a better happened. return than Ryan Tannehill or that they're going to want a rookie? Well, I would also well, say I would think Matthew Stafford. And the other quarterback yeah. doesn't. I would also think Matthew Stafford should get a better return than Jared Goff. But it had happened for a reason. Because Detroit was in a completely different position, and that's what's going to happen with either Seattle or Green Bay because there's a strong likelihood neither quarterback wants to be there. Well, I think it happened largely because Detroit's dumb. Well, that might be the case too. It could be. But, I mean, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? No. But I think I'm not going to blame a Titans fan who wants to explore the possibility sure, of it happening the and see if it can happen. But I'll say this. I can't think of a more definitive moment in a franchise, uh, and I'm talking about the Titans, where something completely turned. And this fan base completely well, I, turned oh, on I Ryan Tannehill in that, that game. Entirely. I it just is, encourage apathy, people. Apathy will set in. Every Titans fan now going into the 2022 season will simply not get excited about regular season wins with this group as long as Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback. He lost because the they are going Saturday to limp night. into a super wild card or a division game and every Titans fan is going to be saying, "Yeah, but yeah, but Tannehill." He lost the city that on guy Saturday can't win. night. He lost the city on Saturday night. All I'd say is for everybody that's saying they got to get rid of him, I'd like to hear some sort of of idea of how. Well, the idea what is, you do is the get, golf get Stafford switch. But the challenge, and you brought it up, is finding someone willing to take Tannehill for one of those big-name quarterbacks that might be on the market that will take Tannehill's number also and feel like they're in a position where they could be competitive and win with Ryan Tannehill right now and get rid of another big contract with a guy who's disgruntled and doesn't want to be there. I mean, It's possible. It's not likely, but it's definitely possible. We'll get into to more of this coming up in the third hour. Coming up, uh, we will get into the top performers of the NFL weekend. So Several to choose from. from. It's very quarterback heavy with our discussion today, but it's just it, it's more than QBs who uh, showed up and showed out uh, on the a big platform of the divisional stage. That's next on Outkick Three Sixty. So there is one guy at the top of the list of standing ovations this week, who the non-quarterback list. Outkick 360 rolls on. It's Gabriel Davis with oh. the Buffalo Bills because if the Bills win the game, this goes down in history 
in Bill's lore as the Gabriel Davis game. Four touchdowns, the most in playoff history from a receiver, 200 yards on eight catches, four of his eight went for touchdowns, and then scoring in crunch time the way he did on a day where their top receiver, Diggs, was shut down. This guy steps up in a, in a big way, and Paul brought him up as a as a, a role player to watch out for over the weekend, and he ends up going from role player to the guy um, to, to lead this segment for our standing ovations from the NFL weekend. Non-quarterback, it goes to Davis. And Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, who didn't have a good game last week, you knew was going to come back. And they, they were going to throw more than 17 times against the, the Bucks defense versus what they did the week prior against Arizona. And in the biggest moments, after putting up a ton of yards gets and, and already scored a touchdown, comes up with that play. And, Paul, you mentioned they had not been able to get that play to hit or even have time to throw the pass because it's so slow developing down the middle of the field on the route. And they connect on it, sets up the game winner, and sends the Rams back to the, to the NFC title. I'm going to go with somebody from the losing side on defense. It's the game, obviously, I watch most closely. But we talk about Jeffrey Simmons not making the all-pro team, and I talked about things taking a year. Well, he had that tremendous game at the Rams during the season on Sunday night football. He had a tremendous game in the divisional round of the playoffs, leading the Titans to nine sacks. He had three of them. He was in the backfield constantly. He was chasing stuff down. Jeffrey Simmons got another big, like, Look at me, NFL fans, moment when he makes all pro and pro bowl and stuff next year. It's going to be because of the eyeballs that were on him in a game like this. Where, by the way, Quentin Spain, who was never the smartest yeah, what was Titan, up with that? is tweeting at him and throwing it away and leaving up an Instagram like that he wants to throw down with Jeffrey Simmons. Hey, I hate to break it to you, Q. Jeffrey Simmons would kick your ass. <laughs> Just like he, he kicked did your on ass game in the well, game. He, did. he already did. And he would kick your ass in a fight. I don't, I don't know what's in your head, dude. So he deleted. You're about to be replaced in the lineup, and Jeffrey Simmons would replace your face. He de- he deleted an initial <laughs> tweet or a post. It was Instagram yeah, or Twitter. Want to throw hands. Um, and then. Left something on double, Insta. Yeah, he doubled, doubled down. down. He did another post where he went back at him. He's tagging Big Jeff and all of them. And uh, he's Jeff's like, hey, if, if this gets out in public, yeah, everybody will see my side. And I'm like, I'm, I, what could he have done to Quentin Spain uh, other than just embarrass him <laughs> on the interior? I'm not sure you could be more dominant in a game than what. And I'm putting Aaron Donald in this. Jeffrey Simmons was incredible. They were dropping uh, Lyman to his side, trying to double him. It did not matter in this game. Three sacks, three tackles for loss, quarterback pressures. The guy was unstoppable. I called it was for shades Simmons to- of, of Aaron Donald. It was shades of Albert Hainsworth for the Titans franchise in 2008. He was incredible. And also, to be fair to Quentin Spain, he's one of the top five worst interviews in this show's history. Oh. So it does not surprise me that he would post something dumb on Instagram, having had him in, in studio Clearly at one point a, a interviewing beef. him. You know, I called for Simmons to step up as pass rusher this year. I mean, he went oh, above and beyond anything I could have imagined. So great. So great. Um, we also need to point out the kickers. All four of the winning teams. McPherson, uh, who is just money. I mean, he's telling Joe Burrow as he trots out, time to go to the AFC Championship game. And he kicks the game winner, 1916. Fifth round pick. Robbie Gold, who is, has he missed in the postseason? No, he's 20 for 20 in the postseason (laughs) as a kicker. Amazing. Uh, Matt Gay hits the game winning 30 yard field goal for the Rams. And then you have Butker, 
who doesn't have the walk-off, but ice in his veins at Arrowhead last night kicking the game-time score that sent that game into overtime. And after having what for him was a bad game, missed extra point, yeah. missed field goal, uh, he's one of the best in the league, and he was bad by his standard. And then to bounce back and hit that game-tying field goal was impressive. I was ready in case anything went wrong. I don't know if that shows up. That woman is wearing a jersey that says, Not Fat Randy. And I, I talked to her when I was coming from my group's tailgate pregame uh, to go to the press box. I said, That's Randy Bullock. And her husband said, That guy screwed us over at least 10 or 12 times. She bought a personalized jersey that said, Not Fat Randy. If something happened with Randy Bullock during the game, I was you were ready, ready to go. Well, you I, were love, ready. I love this woman already. That's terrific. Also, shout out San Francisco special teams. We gave a shout out to Robbie Gold, but the entire group, a blocked field goal, blocked punt. Uh, they won the game. Beat, at beat 10 men on the field for yeah. the field goal. <laughs> they won the game. Coming up, the Titans fall to the Bengals. What Mike Vrabel had to say today and the vote of confidence for the offensive coordinator who was not good this year. That's next.